And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 734, sure, of The Drop Set. It's, uh, uh, we've been off for about, what, a year and eight months or so, it feels like. Uh, maybe just like two weeks or maybe even less than that. I don't know. It feels like it's been a long-ass time. That's all I've got to say. So things have kind of settled down a little bit over here. Things are a little bit more stable. I'm finding a uh, rhythm with my schedule once again. I actually made a post on Instagram yesterday. I'm going to do another one today. That's two days in a row. Um, I think if I pull up my Instagram feed, and look, I've really been kind of taking a break from just social media in general. Honestly, I've just gotten kind of fed up with it. It's just a rat race, and um, I don't know. I mean, I, I need to do it to stay active, but I feel this whole thing of like trying to, you know, uh, broaden my audience through there and, you know, gain additional followers, et cetera. It's just a pain in the ass. So <laughs> there are days when I have patience for it and days when I don't. So if I look back nine posts ago, this was from uh, March 18th, which means in the last five weeks, I've been averaging about, what, two posts a week-ish, something like that, which, you know, that's that's been plenty. I got a little bit more to say now, though, so we're going to catch up on that. Um, I've got some questions I want to go over here. Um, I've got an issue to hash out. I've got some stuff to talk about. Um, I'll give you a personal update as well, but let's uh, let's dig into some some meteor stuff right off the bat, shall we? So um, let me see where to start, where to start, where to start. Well, there were, um, let me see here, there were a couple of things that came through Instagram, actually. So th this came a while back, um, and this was, uh, maybe this was when I was traveling or I don't know. Um, some of these things, like I'll get messages and I'll be like, oh, that's good. And, and then just not respond to it because I'm like, man, this is an in-depth question. This needs a good response. Um, and instead of saying, hey, good, I'll get to that in a podcast. I'll be like, eh, that's kind of assumed. <laughs> so I've been a little lazy in that respect. I don't really like that. But this is a question that came from Dakota. Um, a, a couple of points he made uh, here. So um, we talked before, he, he had a, a fairly in-depth question, and we talked about like carb voluming in a previous episode that was a question from him as well. So he said he's recently, uh, I'll just quote him, something I've recently started eating is Brussels sprouts. 16 ounces, the whole pound of fresh Brussels sprouts is less than 200 calories, correct? Um, and I encourage anyone to not get full after eating a pound of Brussels sprouts. Saute them in a pan, delicious, I agree. Um, with the cooking oil I use, it might be slightly over 200 calories, but well worth it. Yeah, so for something like that, especially if you're breaking that up throughout the day, um, you know, if you add a tablespoon of oil throughout the day, it's not insignificant. But if you're adding like, you know, a teaspoon into the pan, um, you know, that's not really a whole lot to saute with, which is why I would typically steam those instead. Um, just because for precision purposes, I think the, the oil matters. And, you know, we don't want to get too willy-nilly with some of this stuff, especially if you're on a cut. If you're on a growth phase, you want to throw in an extra 10 grams of fat throughout your day, whatever. I'm not going to lose any sleep over that unless you start putting on the, uh, putting on the pounds in an unwanted way. Um, my bigger issue with this is... Um, um, a pound of Brussels sprouts is going to tear the shit out of most people's digestive systems. So um, for the sake of you and those around you, not necessarily something I would recommend for most people. Um, the cruciferous veggies, so we're looking at broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, and kale. Um, a lot of people have you know, some more digestive, digestive sensitivity to veggies in that classification. And so, you know, the typical, um, you know, bodybuilder meal of, you know, chicken, rice, and broccoli. And I don't like that. I never encourage broccoli as a vegetable source. Sure, you can use it, but I think there are better sources out there um, that are just going to be a little bit more even keeled and play less um, havoc on your digestive system. So, um, 
And then, uh, you know, if you're if you're trying to stay full, sure, it's good. I mean, it's not really. Um, there's a question of satiety versus satisfaction. Um, a lot of people, well, first of all, Brussels sprouts are kind of an acquired taste. I mean, I love them. I think they're great. I also know that I should have them in moderation at best. A pound a day? No, no. That would be uh, devastating. <laughs> TMI, but I'll just leave it at that. Um, nobody want, Nobody would want that. Um, so, uh, honestly, I think even my dog would, uh, would probably run out of the house. So, boy, I should back this up and just kill this whole segment. You know what? It is what it is. We're going to roll with it here. So, um, satiety versus satisfaction. A lot of people, they, they think of like a pound of Brussels sprouts, 200. I mean, you're going to be full as hell. Absolutely. But a lot of people are like gross. You know, I would rather eat, you know, uh, a little three quarters of a cup of rice throughout the day. So if you're playing the volume game, yeah, I mean, that's not going to go nearly as far. A little bit more satisfying, though, for a lot of people. They just want that starch or a grain or something like that rather than just a veggie. But, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Just don't uh, kid yourself into thinking, oh, it's a it's a non-starchy veggie, so it's a freebie. The hell it is. I mean, yeah, we're talking a pound of it. That's 200 calories. That is not free. So you gotta have you've got to be able to account for that and uh, and and keep track of that throughout the course of a day. So if you've got a macro based plan, um, you know a, a handful of veggie here and there, sure you can get away with that. But if you're going for that much, um, it's gonna you know that that needs to be tracked 100. Um, percent Dakota also had a follow up question about uh, an ECA stack. He said something uh, again, quoting here. Another thing that has really helped me with staying full and satisfied while cutting is an ECA stack. That's ephedrine, caffeine, and aspirin. Uh, completely eliminates food from my thoughts throughout the day and makes sticking to a meal plan very easy. What are your, my thoughts on the ECA stack? Done plenty of his own research. Uh, so he has his own thoughts and opinions, but he wants to hear mine. Isn't that nice? So, um, my opinions on the ECA stack, let's start with the official one. Ephedra is illegal in the United States without a prescription. So you're not going to find an ECA stack. So, um, I think even if you go to Canada, you can get it there. Um, and there were some uh, some highly publicized deaths that were linked to ephedra. Was it linked? Were they linked to ephedra use or abuse? It's uh, it's up for some debate. Um, I think uh, if I'm remembering correctly, Corey Stringer of the Vikings was one of those. Um, I didn't bother researching that before I started this, but uh, I'm pretty sure that's the name. Um, I mean, I know that I know that he passed away, and I think it was related to ephedra. This would have been back in the Oh, hell, Darren, go to the Google. Go to the Google. Early 2000s, I think. Um, Corey with a K and an E. Stringer. Probably going to find out that I was just totally full of shit here. Um, yeah, August 1st, 2001. Oh, complications brought on by heat stroke. But uh, I think there were complications there. Um, let's just... Da, 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 da. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, ephedra. Yeah, well, um, uh, his locker was found um, full of dietary supplements in November two thousand one. That would have been what uh, five months after his death, including some that contained ephedra. So that was, um, uh, I mean, heat stroke. Yeah, but the the uh, the thought is that uh, that made him more susceptible to the effects of heat stroke. So um, that was one of the things that led to uh, ephedra being um, banned as an over the counter supplement in the United States. So. Um, now, that being said, um, I do think that that was a bit of an overreaction. Um, and if you can find ephedra from some other source um, in, uh, uh, in, in the States, uh, you know, great. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's still available in prescription medications, of course. Um, and depending on where you go, um, 
you know, the, I mean, the, the state by state, you can have an easier or more difficult time getting your hands on it. But um, to get it at um, the doses that you would use for um, fat loss under like some kind of a bodybuilding protocol or an ECA stack, uh, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to go, you know, black or gray market on that. But uh, it is effective. As far as appetite suppression effects, I got to tell you, my own personal experience has been I have never had an experience with a supplement that either gain that, that either stimulated or suppressed my appetite in a way that I found was noticeable at all. I think a lot of people have very, very different um, experiences with that. Um, so I, I remember using ephedra back in the day when I could still buy it over the counter. Um, and, you know, back then I was, you know, 20-ish um, or something like that. And I was like, yeah, dude, you're going get, gonna to get shredded. Um, and I didn't know anything about what I was doing with diet or anything like that, but I certainly don't remember it having any impact on my appetite at all. Um, I wasn't really paying enough attention to diet or had anything in enough of a uh, routine to where I probably would notice. But um, And there are, there are other supplements that um, you know will claim to either stimulate or inhibit your appetite. I've never noticed that they've really had any of an impact. So it's not something that I really put a lot of stock in. Um, but that being said, um, as far as the, the underpinnings of how it works, um, yeah, yeah, it's effective. It absolutely is. Um, and combined with caffeine and aspirin, totally. It's a great combination. Um, it's, it's not something that uh, should be treated as a, a boogeyman necessarily. Um, he did have a follow-up question. Are you still considered natty if you were on an ECA stack? Is it effective? Yeah. Is it safe? I mean, is anything safe? Ibuprofen isn't really safe necessarily, but it's as safe as anything as long as you use it intelligently and don't abuse it. Um, how long can you run it before you need to come off? Boy, that's a good question. I would say... Oh, not being super conservative, I, I think you could probably run it eight weeks. It's been a while. Um, because it's it can be difficult to find, um, it's not something that I typically recommend for clients, um, even if they are interested. Um, I, I, I don't think necessarily that uh, it, it's significantly more expensive than a good over-the-counter thermogenic. Um, it is more effective, but it, it's, you know, the, the cost, the legality of it, the risk in acquiring it, the pain in the ass of acquiring it. Is it really worth it at that point? I don't know. I have my questions about that. Um, uh, are you still considered a natty? That is a, a really good question though. Um, typically no. I mean, that's going to be on the banned substance list for pretty much every natural organization. So are you still considered a natty? I don't know. Probably. Would you be able to compete in a natural organization? No. Um, that would cause you to fail a drug test. Absolutely. hundred percent. Um, and, uh, let's be clear. Uh, if you're taking it and it's on the banned substance list and you're aware it's on the banned substance list, you shouldn't be doing that show in the first place and shouldn't be trying to sneak in under it. Com compounds like that would have a really short detection time. So you could take it theoretically for most of your prep, come off of it for the last, you know, let's say two to three weeks if we're going to be conservative and just cruise in, you know, natty um, into showtime and pass your drug test with flying colors. That would be a complete and total dick move against the spirit of the rules. And you're a jackass if you try to get away with that. So Dakota, I'm not talking to you here. I'm just talking to, you know, generally anybody that would try to do that. You suck <laughs> and you shouldn't do that. So um, really good question though. So um, thank you for that. And then um, what else do we have? What else do we have? Um, uh, Aaron, Aaron Covey, who, uh, thanks Aaron. She, brought a couple things to my attention here. So, um, the first thing she mentioned is that, uh, the, the voicemail line isn't working. So, and I meant to check on that before I started recording here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about the point that she, uh, she, she tried to call and leave a message and couldn't. So she, she messaged her, uh, her question via Instagram. Um, so I'm going to address that and then, uh, I got to take a little break here shortly anyway. So then I'm going to check on that and I'll be back with a full report and give you the update on the status of that call in line, because that should be going with as 
much of a pain in the ass as I've been about, you know, trying to get people to call in on that line to have it not working. It's embarrassing. It sucks. And I have failed you. So please accept my mea culpa. Um, so, um, she said, um, what was it here? Da, 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 da. Topics for you. Meal timing for goals. Um, same concept, different. Um, let, let's, let's, let's continue here and we'll see how many of these might be combined or have a little bit of crossover in them. Also, pre, post, and intro workout meals. Is there a standard percentage for them or do you just set something aside? Tips on determining the macros for those. And lastly, as a coach, what are the food suggestions that you say to fill those goals? Building muscle, cutting, body recomping. So um, typically I'm not, uh, I'm not a big, uh, uh, not a, a big proponent of uh, food selection. Um, a, a lot of times when somebody will uh, message me and we, we start the conversation, you know, they might be looking for a coach and I'll ask them about their diet, etc. Um, and they'll say, well, I eat clean. I'm like, I could give two shits about whether or not you eat clean. Give me some numbers. <laughs> that's what I'm, I don't say that, but that's really what I'm getting at. I'm like, great, eat clean. Applause, applause, applause. Great. But you're not where you want to be. So clearly that's not the answer. You know, it's got to be a little bit more in depth than that. And so it really gets down to the numbers. Um, and the food selection, I'm not going to say it's irrelevant. Uh, you know, I've talked about this before. It's not irrelevant, but it matters a lot less than most people think it does. Um, when I write meal plans, I put in food commodities, you know, things that are always available everywhere, um, regardless of uh, who you are or where you are. So, you know, this is this like an international friendly meal plan. You know, can, uh, you know, are Oreos a good uh, post-workout carb source? Well, I don't know about good, but they're effective. That's fine. They're a little sugary. Great. I'm not too worried about that. Um, now, can you find uh, Oreos if you're in Indonesia? I don't know. I've never been there. Um, I should ask Harvey, one of my clients, when I started working with him, he was in Indonesia. But the point being, you know, I, I plug in things that are the same everywhere just because, um, you know, here here in the States, you know, at, at bread, is there anything inherently wrong with bread? No, it's one. Of, it's on the list of things that I might start to eliminate once we get closer to a show, just eliminate, you know, flour-based products just for digestive purposes more than anything else. Not that you can't get lean on that. I think, you know, macronutrient uh, dieting applied generally has shown us that you can as long as you're intelligent with it. And key thing, you work hard. Nothing works if you don't work hard. Um, so th that can absolutely work. But then it's like, you know, I can't write a meal plan that says one slice of bread because you can find a brand that's 50 calories per slice. Another one's 150 calories per slice. That's not a commodity. So then I'd have to say, well, one slice of this kind of bread. And then, you know, I used to do this with people who were who, who would request specific foods on a meal plan. Be like, well, I can't find that in my grocery store. I'll try a couple others. And then they go to a couple others. And like, I couldn't find that, but I could find this. Okay, great. Let me plug those macros into your meal plan. Holy shit. What a monumental pain in the ass that was. So no, I only use food commodities, things that are the same everywhere, that are the same regardless of brand. Rice, you buy some brand of rice, guess what? It's all the same stuff. Um, oats, all the same stuff. Chicken, all the same stuff. You know, those things. So it's not like there are magical bodybuilding foods, but there are foods where I know precisely what their numerical value is. And so those are what I stick to when I write a meal plan. So um, when I have clients who are like, hey, can I use this, this, this? I'm like, yeah, you absolutely can. We're going to have to teach you how to do macros because I'm not going to write that in your plan. <laughs> And, you know, part of it is, yeah, I, I am being a little bit lazy, but also I think there's a lot of value in teaching somebody how to make substitutions like that. And so I've worked through that with people. And, you know, it's clear to me that some people, they really get it. And some people, man, it is just beyond what they can grasp. And I get it. 
I mean, I get it. There are things that all of us just inherently we can get or we can't. You know, I could I could talk for an entire episode or five about things that just inherently make no sense to me, um, like taking care of plants, for example. I, I just don't get it. And somebody says, "Well, you just water it, but if the soil's you know if the soil's damp when you press into it, it doesn't need to be watered." I'm like, okay, but 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 what if what if blah 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 blah? I just I don't get it. What does the damn thing want? It can't talk to me. I can't interpret its sign language. Does it look droopy? This peace lily over in the corner here? I don't know. It looks a little droopy to me. But you know, if my wife came home, she'd probably say, "Oh, it's fine. You know, you don't need to water that thing." I'm like, how do you know? I, I don't get it. You know, it's something that doesn't make sense to me. So I totally get that macros can feel. A hundred percent foreign to people. Um, I've had clients who are like in the very throes of a really intense cut. Their carbs are down to nothing, and then they send me a recipe from Food Network, um, and it's got like you know, it's something where it's like fifteen grams of protein, forty-five grams of carbs, and thirty-six grams of fat per serving. They're like, "Can I work this in my meal plan?" I'm like, "No." No, I mean, yeah, there's nothing wrong with those foods, but you can't make that fit with the numbers that we have right now. It's just not going to work. I mean, yeah, and that's, you just, and it's, it's me over here, you know, talk, th- thinking about them the way that my wife would think about me when she's talking about flowers. She's like, just look at it. I mean, come on. How can't you tell? And for me, it's like, just look at the numbers. You can see it doesn't make sense. But <clears throat> I get that it doesn't register that same way for a lot of people. But that being said, God, where the hell was I? Aaron, what did you ask? How, how, how did we get talking about peace lilies and crap like this? Okay, I blame you, Aaron. This is totally your fault, 100%. Um, so let me rewind back here to the question. <laughs> I feel like I should should probably do that about every 30 seconds, realistically. Um, okay, so meal timing for goals. So the only meal timing that I really care about is pre and post and intra if you're doing any intro workout calories. Um, intro workout calories should only be liquid. You don't want to be eating anything during your workout. It's just not going to digest. It's not going to empty out of the stomach fast enough to be of any benefit. It's got to be something that's you know high molecular weight, very fast gastric emptying. So like a designer starch like carbolin, vitargo, um, highly branched cyclic dextrin, even maltodextrin if you're trying to do it on a real strict budget would work as well. Um, but it, it has to be really fast gastric emptying. It's got to be liquid. So if you're going for, and, and typically we're looking at carbs here also, if that wasn't clear. Um, intro workout carbs can be a great thing situationally. Um, pre-workout, that's a little trial and error and it depends on what the meal is. And again, this comes down to gastric emptying. How quickly does it empty out of your stomach and get absorbed into your bloodstream so the nutrients are actually doing something for you? Um, if you've got a shake or something liquid like that, even if you mix stuff into it, you know, it's being ingested as a liquid. Um, and liquids will inherently empty a little bit faster. So you, you could, you know, potentially, you know, take something like that and be ready to lift within, you know, 25, 35 minutes, something like that. Um, you can start sooner than that, but you won't really, you know, you know, by all means start, get to get, get to the gym 15 minutes after you finish that, get to your warm up, And, you know, by the time you're, you're into the throes of it, you know, it'll, it'll be there for you. So if you're on a compressed morning schedule, go with something liquid. Don't go with anything solid for me. Um, for a solid meal, especially if it's a big one, like my pre-workout meal is, hold on, let me just pull up my fitness pal right now and give you a correct um, assessment of this because I just adjusted my uh, meals yesterday. We'll talk about that shortly here. Um, breakfast for me is 865 calories. What are the macros on that, Darren? Um, the macros are, oh, don't you start barking at me, dude. Um, 76 grams of protein, 67 grams of carbs, 20, <clears throat> 27 grams of fat. It's just, uh, eggs, 
uh, ground chicken, cream of rice, blueberries, and a little cheese on the eggs and chicken mixture as well. So 865 calories. For me, I've got to let that sit for a little over an hour before I'm really ready to move and do something with that in my stomach. Um, so um, par- part of it's just, you know, comfort. Like, you know, at, at what point can you move and not feel like you're going to hurl, basically. And then part of it is also... Um, uh, get, getting uh, getting nutrients into your system, so giving giving it time to do that, depending on the composition of the meal. Uh, Post workout, anywhere from immediately after to you know you could wait ninety minutes if you wanted to. That you know anabolic window, um, as we've talked about before. The uh, uh, comment from I can't remember who it was, maybe Matt Jansen's, who said this. Uh, it's more like an anabolic barn door. It's big. You got a lot. You got a big window to work with there. So you don't don't feel like you have to rush it. Don't feel like you have to have something that's portable that you take with you to the gym that you can have on the way home. I do just because right now is my. I mean, I I always do just because habitually that's what I've done for twenty years. Um, but also right now my calories are high enough. Like I've got to slam through that post workout meal so I can be ready for the next meal a little bit sooner. Um, it's just about making sure I can squeeze everything in. I don't have time to sit for ninety minutes, even though I would like to because I'm really full from fluids and intra workout carbs after my lift. I would love to just be able to sit for a little while and let that digest and process before I have my post workout meal. But yeah, I gotta keep, I gotta keep those calories coming in just because I got more stuff to get in for the rest of the day. So, um, Aaron, back to you. Uh, is there a standard percentage for them or do you just set something aside? Not really a percentage necessarily. I mean, when, when I write up macros for somebody, um, the guidelines that I always say is, hey, give me pretty even protein intake throughout all of your meals. That's what I'm looking for. Um, so if your um, protein target's 150 grams and you have six meals a day, they should all be about 25 grams-ish. You know, you got some wiggle room in there. Just avoid having one that's five grams and one that's 45 grams. Just, uh, you know, we, we want to maintain positive nitrogen balance throughout the day, keep your body in a little bit more of an anabolic state and if your protein intake is a little bit more even that helps with that in a big way so um uh a standard percentage no so as far as composition is concerned i am much less concerned about um dietary fat timing so like as you can see i've got 27 grams of fat in my first meal i have i think about three grams in my post-workout meal um just because for me it's all about the carbs the macros for my post-workout meal are if my phone will rotate if I let it rotate, there we go. Um, meal three, 78 grams of protein, 80 grams of carbs, five grams of fat, or what I have in my post-workout meal. And that's just trace fats. And that's just a protein shake and some cereal. That's it. So um, uh, ratios, no. But based on your, um, your macro totals, I will give you some guidelines. Like, okay, under the above example, if we're looking at 25 grams of protein per uh, meal, if your target's 150, six meals a day, um, let's say for sake of argument, your carbs are similar. They're 150 grams. I would say, okay, great. We should get about 50 grams pre-workout, about 50 grams post-workout. And you got 50 grams to play with for the rest of the day and trace carbs from other sources. Um, that's fair. You know, I want a big, so I guess in that case, it'd be about a third, but you know, that number might change depending on what your total is. You know, if you're getting in, um, 300 grams of carbs a day, you don't necessarily need a hundred pre and a hundred post, which would still be a third in each. Um, but like 80 ish, but you know, the, the idea is those two should be your carb heaviest meals of the day by a good bit. Absolutely. Um, so tips on determining macros for those. There you go. Um, food suggestions. I talked about that a little bit. So, um, yeah, a really good question. And uh, Aaron also reminded me it would probably be a good thing to just revisit macros entirely here um, pretty shortly. Uh, you know, I always prefer people. Let me try that again. 
I always refer people back to some of the first episodes on the drop set. And I feel I, I kind of cringe a little bit when I do that. But I think like episode two or three was Macros 101, um, which is still a, a good uh, a good refresher. I think it might have been number 58 or something like that. 58 was of some significance. I don't remember if that was Ravish Sands when they were here talking about suits or what, maybe it was 70-something, where I built my uh, my diet for my cut live um, during the podcasts. Um, so I started you know, without anything put together, and then I just stepped through building it in my fitness pal, which I've gotten some good feedback on that as well. But I think it's time to revisit it and just go in a little bit more in-depth as well. So good question there. So we're going to take a quick little break here and uh, come back a little later this afternoon and uh, pick up the rest of this then. And we are back. That was kind of an extended break, but uh, it feels good. So a couple of quick notes, a little housekeeping here. Um, I've resolved, uh, Aaron, thank you, the voicemail box issue. Um, Apparently it was full. Uh, So what happens is when somebody calls and leaves a message, first of all, I will never answer the phone. So if you're worried about some live human being answering the phone and then having to do like an, oh shit, hang up because, oh crap, I didn't know I was going to have to talk to anybody, don't worry. That line doesn't answer, doesn't ring through to anything. Um, I don't have a forward set up on that. It go, it's a Google voice number. It doesn't ring any phone anywhere. So uh, you never have to worry about some random voice, like me, like at five in the morning bedside, hello, who's this? It's not going to happen. So just call, leave your questions that way. Um, once again, 865-518-2974. Those lines are now um, open. That line is open. Um, so the issue is I, I grab the messages off there. It lets me download an audio file. I dump it into the podcast and I play it here. I would, I'd never gone and deleted those after I had uh, cleared them out of the, uh, after I downloaded the files out of the voicemail app. So um, anyway, that's, uh, that's done. So that is once again, good to go. We're all set there. Um, I got also this afternoon, um, just a shout out here to, oh boy, Zami Jarhead via Apple podcast. Thanks, dude, I guess, dudette whoever you are. Thanks. Um, yeah, realistically, it's probably somebody I know. I just don't recognize the username. So, <laughs> um, but they left a, uh, a review on iTunes. Much appreciated. Thank you. So that was just left uh, earlier this afternoon. Um, and you know, they, they, they said some things here. Um, said, love this guy and his content. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, no holds barred. True. Uh, providing the kind of free content new bodybuilders needs. Awesome to see uh, someone who goes all in on his own and self-sponsors his content. And that is true. So you're not getting any bullshit here um, because nobody aside from me has a financial interest in what's going on here. So um, I, I like the independence of that. And realistically, you know, I would love to be able to grow this podcast and monetize it and have it be, you know, a revenue stream. But frankly, um, its most value to me is, you know, I uh, I have a lot of clients who found me through this. That's the value that it brings to me. So um, I'm not looking to sell sponsorship or anything like that. You know, there there could always be an exception for that. Like if uh, if oh god, I don't know if Freshetta wanted to sponsor this podcast and I could tell you about their frozen pizzas that you could make in the oven. I tell you what, I would talk about that shit day and night because their their home style crust Hawaiian pizza is to die for. And if you don't agree, quite frankly, you can just jump off a cliff. Um, so Freshetta oven baked pizzas, find them at your local grocery store. There you go. That might be a sponsor I could get behind. Um, 
I do really enjoy those as a cheat meal. Uh, it's totally ghetto. Like you would think, like Darren, why don't you just get a good pizza from somewhere? I'm like that is good. I don't know. It just really hits the spot for whatever reason. I can't tell you why, um, but it just does. It does. So um, yeah, there you go. Um, so sponsor free. Anyway, thank you, Zombie Jarhead, um, for the review. I appreciate it. Um, I've got a couple other things that I wanted to. Uh, a, a couple other. Um, Questions. Um, I got a, a good one here from um, uh, Matthew Hubbard via Facebook. Matthew, hold on. I'm going to hit you up later in the week on this. Um, but uh, there were some good topics that he wanted to cover. Um, part of it, um, I want to do a little bit of additional digging before I dive into it. Um, he had a couple of good things that were unrelated. So, um, so I guess at, at this point um, now, I will say another 10 words, and then everybody will check out, and I'll keep talking for another 15 minutes. Um, it's time to get into the personal update section. So I figured I'd talk about all the regular stuff, you know, all the, the, the relevant stuff, and then everybody can uh, get a glimpse of like, hey, what's Darren been up to? So um, I have been, in spite of my social media absence, I've been continuing to just rock on and do my thing over here. Um, training six days a week, hitting my macros, staying reasonably tight, coming in around 2.30 these days. This is typically about as high as I get, so Coach and I are trying to push past that a little bit as long as it's not, you know, I don't want to be 235 if those five pounds are all fat right around my midsection, which, you know, um, I see as a very real possibility. So um, that's not how I want to get there, but we're going to play around with it and see. Um, so training's been going really well. Macros have been going really well. No issues there. I still haven't been doing any cardio because my foot is, it's feeling a lot better, but I don't want to push my luck on that. So, um, what have I been up to? I've been working my ass off. Um, my client load now for the past few months is higher than it's ever been. And I find I'm managing it pretty well. Um, you got to be efficient with some stuff. You can't waste a lot of time, but frankly, um, my days are still, reasonably short um, if I really concentrate my efforts on things. So uh, I'm pretty happy with that. So things are going really well on the business front. Um, had people doing shows this last weekend. So shout out to um, Valentia and Eve um, who did the open figure division at the Emerald Cup and also Anita who did the Masters 50 and over figure division at the Emerald Cup. I'll be posting pictures of them um, uh, in the next day or two. Um, they both did great. Um, now we're going into like growth off season mode for all of them. Um, and then Ariel who competed in bikini in her first show and she did, um, open novice and true novice. And she took two second place finishes in her first show. And she had classes that had over 30 people in them at that show. Um, so that was really, really impressive. She got, got some great shots from that. She did an awesome job, um, and managed a really, a, a very difficult and challenging prep. So we're currently taking a little bit of a, a an adjustment period now for about the next eight weeks to see if it makes sense to try and um, hit another show about eight weeks after the end of that, or if uh, we go into a more, a more extended growth phase and look ahead towards you know 2020. Um, but she had a great experience with it. Also, um, the previous weekend, uh, I, this is how slack I've been. Um, Trish competed in North Carolina um, and uh, did a great job. Went out with a win in her master's class for women's physique, which is awesome. So might be her last show. I'm not sure. Um, so uh, we're, we're kind of thinking now it might be, but um, now we're getting her set up into a, kind of a, an off-season maintenance plan as well. So good stuff all around there. I'm really happy with everybody's efforts, everybody's attitude. Um, you know, one thing about peak week is the more you communicate with me and the more you bring me up to speed with how things are coming along, et cetera, the, the better off you're going to be. And this last weekend, 
boy, everybody did a great job with that. So, um, I mean, Trish did as well, but, um, you know, Eve, Valentia, um, Anita and Ariel, all four of them were just bombarding me regularly daily, especially Anita and Eve. <laughs> it's such a great job. They're like, sending me progress pick updates daily, twice a day, um, you know, constantly keeping me up to speed on how things are coming along. That's what I need. That, that's what I love. That's what I live for. And, you know, if I don't get that, I'll ask for it. But they didn't make me ask for it. They're just like, here you go. I know you want this. Here you go. Boom, boom, boom. Um, really good stuff. So it, it gives me a much better idea of like, okay, Rather than just your progress pictures in the same spot, here's a different location. Here's a video of me doing quarter turns. Here's just a quick video of, you know, a little a little um, pose like, you know, mid-workout. So I can see like, okay, what do you look like when you've actually got some blood flow as opposed to when you're cold all the time? Because it makes a difference. It makes a difference. So that lets us um, peak everybody a little bit harder. We didn't do anything crazy with any of them. I never do. Um, but uh, nonetheless, I, th I feel like we, uh, we, we, did, uh, we did what we could for those. So I was really happy with how everybody turned out there. Um, on the more personal front, so I was traveling last week. I'm back home now. My big thing at home that I'm working on right now uh, boy, I am totally turning into a get off my lawn kind of guy because I'm trying to grow a fucking lawn. Don't step on it. Get off my lawn. There's seed down there and I'm trying to get it to sprout. I'm out there watering it twice a day at this point. Um, and I'm, I've, I've put, I put seed down twice so far over the last couple of weeks, just cause I put it down. We had a big heavy rain. It washed some away and then I had to reseed again. I'm probably going to go do it again in the next day or two because I can see where some patchy spots are still missing it. And I'm, I really want to see better ground coverage in the back. So that's, that's what I really want to see. Um, we're going to make it happen. Damn it. Um, so that's my, uh, my goal at home. That's, uh, that's what's going on there. So, um, what else? What else? Um, so I went back home um, here we go. Everybody loves a good travel story, right? No, nobody loves a good travel story. It's like hearing about somebody's bad beat on a poker hand. It's like, dude, nobody was there. Nobody gives a shit. You know, nobody cares what came down on the river and screwed you over. Nobody gives a shit. But nonetheless, here's my travel story anyway. Uh, and so, you know, there's an update from dad uh, coming after this or an update about dad coming after this. So if anybody wants to stick around, I'm sorry. You got to stick through my travel story first because, damn it, it's chronological. The travel happened first and then I went home and saw everybody. So um, my flight was leaving out of Knoxville 5 p.m., Thursday. So the idea was do a full day of work on Thursday, my last busy day of the week. Um, I had um, plans for all my Friday check-ins. I've only got about four or five of those scheduled for Friday, um, loaded up on the cloud so I could do those on my iPad easily. And uh, and then the ones for the following Monday as well. Um, and then the plan was travel back on Tuesday, do a little bit of work Tuesday uh, evening once I got home, and then just play catch up on Wednesday. So um Monday is another slow day, just about four or five on the calendar. And then Tuesday, it really picks up. It's a really busy full day. So um, 5 p.m. Thursday flight. So I get to the airport around four, get through security. No problem. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Plane's going to be a few minutes late. Leaving the gate. No big deal. Get on the plane. We're taxiing out. Captain comes over. Yeah, we got a little maintenance issue. Hold on. We're just going to sit here and have the crew come out to us. And then we sit there for about five minutes. And they're like, yeah, we're actually going back to the gate for repairs. I'm like, oh, shit. So I knew I was going to Atlanta, and I had a two-and-a-half-hour layover in Atlanta. So I'm like, you know what? It's going to have to be really bad to screw me out of this. So um, moral of the story, it was really bad, and it screwed me out of that. So I went back home Thursday night, never left the ground out of Knoxville. Um, 
I'll spare you all the agonizing details of how that played out because it is kind of boring. But never got on a plane, was going to miss everything, couldn't reschedule. There were no other flights or anything like that. So that's the problem going out of Knoxville. Like you've got two places you could potentially go that would then connect to Portland, um, and there, there were just no free options available. So, um, so I got rebooked for a flight Friday morning at like – Oh, six. So I had to get the airport at like the plan was about five. I got there at five. And, you know, the Knoxville Tyson McGee Airport, if you're familiar with it or if you're not, it is a little thing. I believe there are seven gates. Uh, there's just one one terminal, one concourse. There's like seven gates. Um, there's a Ruby Tuesday in there. We've got a Quiznos and a Cinnabon and a Starbucks and a Travel Mart. I think that's it. Um, which, frankly, for seven gates is a lot. <laughs> It seems like a lot. There's two bathrooms. That's all you get. That is it. That That's the list right there. Um, so you never really expect big security lines. I got there at um, 5 for or actually maybe around 5.10, 5.15. I was trying to push my luck a little bit for a 6 o'clock flight. Um, and that security line was probably about 200 people deep. I'd never seen it like that. There's a big, big, long walkway that leads up to the TSA line, and there's this very large, very loud fountain. Um, and uh, I was actually, I started line way back behind the fountain, which I'm like, usually I'm like sprinting past this area. Like the fact that the line was back that far, I'm like, I've never seen this before. And so I'm looking, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make this. Because <laughs> this line is not moving very quickly either. Well, I did make it. I got to the gate um, after they'd been boarding for about 15 minutes already. So I still had about 10 minutes to go. Got there. Um, we were late leaving. Um, we were uh, late getting into Atlanta. The flight from Atlanta was late leaving. Blah, blah, blah. All this, all that. Moral of the story is my dad was coming home that day from rehab. And he was coming home on April 19th. And it was going to be his first day home since the end of January um, because he's been in ICU, a regular hospital, and rehab ever since then. Um, and so I wanted to be down there to help pick him up and bring him home. And plus, he had a bunch of stuff that was in his room to carry. So just, you know, logistically make it so mom didn't have to make the drive and help carry some stuff around, etc. So I missed that. And I was really pissed. Whose fault was it? You know, I can't really blame Delta. Even if their flights were on time, like Atlanta was just a pouring down rainstorm. Um, to the point where, like, it was sideways, there was wind, so flights were delayed from that. They were coming in late from other places. So, I mean, whatever. That's all fine. Uh, who do I blame? I blame the Knoxville Airport because their maintenance crew could not get to the gate within an hour of when they were called. And if they could, I would have made it to Atlanta no problem on Thursday night. So, big middle finger to the maintenance crew or whoever does their scheduling or whatever at the Knoxville airport because you screwed a lot of people over and I'm not happy about it. So I missed that. So by the time I got to my parents' house, dad had already been home, but you know, it was cool. So I got there on Friday. The Saturday was kind of a chill day. Sunday, everybody came over for Easter, kind of stimulated. We had follow Darren you know, on Instagram at Darren house, underscore star to see client profiles, updated um, workout plans and tips and, and tricks kind of on training and nutrition on, the, on Monday after that. And actually he was like going into Tuesday and uh, part of Wednesday the next week took a little bit to recover from that. But, um, you know, he's eating stuff on his own right now. He's getting up. Um, he knows where he is. He just needs to get back into the routine a little bit. Um, working on his strength. He's taking walks around the neighborhood with mom. Um, the, things are going really well. Things are going really well overall. I'm really, really pleased, um, actually. And it was just good to see him be able to see everybody and interact. And, you know, they, they live in Oregon. The only professional sports team is the Trailblazers. They were watching Trailblazers, and he was, you know, 
well enough to be pissed at the refs, which was great. Uh, so, um, yeah, it was really good. It was a really good visit. Um, we went and saw the um, neurosurgeon. We took a trip down for his, like, you know, last little, you know, official checkup with the neurosurgeon on Monday um, before I headed off to the airport. And uh, she said, yeah, I never need to see you again in this neck brace you're wearing. We're going to throw it away. So I'm like, hallelujah, that's good. So um, things are looking good. Things are looking good. He's got physical speech and occupational therapy, um, and that's pretty much it. You know, we need to work on his his swallowing a little bit, and then his food restrictions get lessened, and then it's just strength, endurance, and that's it. So the next time I go, which will be in a couple more weeks probably, um, we're going to go out back and work on his putting and maybe some chipping, and that'll be awesome. So really, really excited for that to happen. So that's the dad update. That's about all I've got as well. So um I'm uh, I'm stoked for that. I appreciate um, a lot of people had some really uh, really kind words and good thoughts to pass on. So I'm thankful for that. You're awesome, um, and I'll keep you posted. So um, that's gonna put a wrap on this episode. I'll be back later in the week with any luck with another follow up. Keep your questions coming. Call in eight six five five one eight two nine seven four. Hit me up uh, at Darren underscore Star on Instagram. You can message me facebook.com slash five star physique. Message me through there. Email me directly Darren D A R I N at five star with two R's fitness. Com. That's a mouthful. Or just go to the dropset.com, click on contact. That goes straight to me as well. So anything else that you've got for me, hit me up that way. I look forward to hearing from you. Good questions, comments, feedback, complaints, anything you've got, send them on over.